Hey folks, welcome to this episode of the Everyday Millionaire Podcast and the Mindset Matters Edition, where I'm joined by my wife and Olympic mental performance coach, Stephanie Hanlon-Francie. Together, Stephanie and I engage in a conversation about different aspects of what we refer to as Mindset Matters. We believe that we're living in and through one of the most impactful global events in history. And let's face it, few have trained for or are equipped to deal with the life that is unfolding before them. The need to pivot in your business, your career, or perhaps deal with shifting family dynamics lies before many. We hope to inspire you to ask yourself questions or pause to consider how you view your world, your life. We'll invite you to check in on where you are on your journey, and are you still clear on your intended destination, or has it changed? Join us for this in our series of Mindset Matters. Listen in, enjoy. Hey folks, welcome to the Everyday Millionaire Podcast. This is, of course, the Mindset Matters. And as always, I am joined by Stephanie Hanlon, Francie. Hey, hon. So we're talking today about a cool topic. And uh, well, they're kind of two topics, but the same thing. Adversity and resilience. Ooh, big words. Big words. What the heck are we talking about adversity and resilience for? Let's give it a little bit of history and a little bit of a story. And that is going back many years now, I want to say 10 or 12 years, when we uh, began and had been working with Dr. Paul Stoltz. And, you know, Dr. Paul had written a couple of books, and one of the books that he wrote was The Adversity Quotient. And it really was uh, set up to talk about how we face adversity, what do we do with it, and how are we equipped to deal with adversity and the resilience that has to be built into that topic. And uh, then you actually had a test that you could write in his book, or you could take the test in his book that he wrote, and uh, the adversity quotient. And um, interestingly enough, we both, having done no work prior to that, we just took the test. That's kind of one of the things that got us hooked. And we were both very, very well equipped to face adversity. Yeah, there was um, interesting questions because you couldn't, you couldn't beat the system. You couldn't beat the test. The questions were worded in a way that they made no sense intellectually. So you had to answer truthfully and, and with your gut. And interestingly enough, um, from I think it's out of 200, we yeah. were both in the 190s. Yeah, we both scored exceptionally high, which we thought was pretty normal until we had some of our team do it. And we realized, <laughs> oh, okay, uh, we got to work on that adversity thing, that AQ. But you know what? A lot of the got us ready for that was the adversities that we'd navigated through our lifetime together so far. 100% and our ability to deal with it. We'd already been in training, which is interesting. And we'll get that in a, in a minute. But so really, we're talking about the adversity quotient. We're talking about adversity and resilience. That was just some of the training we did. We did a lot of work with Dr. Paul Stoltz, uh, spent time with him in California at his home in San Obispo. San Obispo. That was a beautiful trip. A beautiful trip. Wine country. And we did drink a lot of wine. That's where uh, he coined the phrase. Well, it wasn't the first time he coined it, but he coined the phrase, so much wine. So little time. <laughs> Anyways, we had fun. So let's get to work here. Let's talk about adversity. Let's uh, set this up. I, I've got a couple of quotes. And uh, let me see if you can get this one. Fear is a normal reaction. Finish that quote. Uh, panic is a choice. Who said that? I think it was Stephanie Hanlon. Stephanie Hanlon said that. <laughs> Fear is normal. Panic is a choice. That's right. We choose to panic, and that is really, really cool. It's your reaction to adversity, not adversity itself, that determines how your life's future will unfold. That's Dieter 
Uchtdorf. Stand up straight. Realize and define who you are, that you tower over your circumstances. Maya Angelou. You're good at this. I'm, this isn't even a test. Okay, so today, more than ever, your family, your friends, your community, your partners are looking for leaders, and they're looking for your leadership at whatever level and whatever degree you play a leader. And the question becomes, given all that's happening in the world today, given what's going on, we talk about it often, but there is no doubt that the past two plus years now has been an absolutely adverse time for many, I would say probably for most. And facing those challenges and dealing with them becomes quite challenging sometimes. And, you know, it's interesting when you talk about adversity, you know, I I think of adversity as, I mean, day-to-day life, things are going to happen. You know, someone's going to cut you off in traffic. For some people, that's an adverse event. Uh, For others, you know, losing a loved one is adversity. and, And, but we're constantly dealing with adversity and we can either resist it or frame it in a way that we have a context. So what that leads kind of leads me to is that if we're dealing with adversity with you know, and not judging it as something negative all the time, mm-hmm. then we're actually building resiliency. Well, this goes back to the conversation that we had either last week or the week before, which was, well, it's, we've, we've often talked about it, right? People see the outcome and then they only want the outcome and they don't realize what's between today and the outcome that they want to achieve, which is a lot of adversity that they face. That's actually how you get generally to that outcome is you're facing adversities and challenges. You know, Mark Manson puts it beautifully. He goes, what is the shit sandwich you're willing to eat? And really it's, you know, it, it just is such a great question because nothing worthwhile comes easy. It's not meant to. It's it's by the universe design to challenge you so that you actually have to grow grow. And grow in a way that you're not looking for the next easy way out. And I really see right now, the people that are learning or or the clients that I have and the people around us that are learning how to really step in, lean into this adverse, uh, adverse times right now that we're in. And for some people, it's not adverse. Some people they're looking at it as challenging, or it's interesting, or it's exciting, depends on how your perspective is on what you're looking at. But even something positive can actually create adversity. So I don't want, you know, listening to this thinking that, you know, it's all negative, all negative. It's not. There's a lot of learning and the quicker for me, learning and teaching how to uh, strengthen my adverse, my resiliency, my resilience mm-hmm. muscle mm-hmm. really allows the, the you know, kind of the bring it on attitude, not bring it on, make it worse, but bring it on because I'm prepared. So yes, you're prepared. And I think you make such a great point. And that is that whether it be adversity or resilience, you have to train for it. You have to train to face adversity and to whatever degree it comes at you in your life, in your business, in your career, whatever that might be, there is training that's involved. I mean, I think we proved that to ourselves so many years ago, realizing that we had faced a lot of adversity as business owners back then, you know, and plus our upbringing, all the things that happened. So when we actually looked at where our AQ kind of rated based on all of the research and all the things that Paul Stoltz had done back then, we knew and we realized that we're pretty good, but that was at that level. Yeah. And that was still 10, 12 years ago. And if you look at that third quote or that fourth quote about leadership and people need, leaders got to lead right now, Mm -hmm. you know, they really do. And so in a sense, we've been in this conversation our whole professional life. And one of the things that, you know, when when you think about adversity, uh, the line I use with my clients is what you resist 
persists. Yeah. Like what you what you resist, if you're pushing it away, then you A, don't learn the lesson, or B, don't stretch into the resiliency it takes to soften the adversity so that you realize and look around, pause for a second and go, you know what, I do have the skills. I do have the resources. I don't have to panic. So there's that resiliency. So what you resist persists. And then I took it a little bit further because I know that's not my quote. I added a quote after that, what you resist persists, what you involve dissolves. Hmm. That's pretty good. So involving it, having a conversation, not pushing it away, not denying it, not shoving it under the rug and I'll be happy wenning. You know, I'll be happy when. How about pretending not to know? What are you pretending oh, not to know? Right? Pretending not to know. So what you what you involve dissolves because then it, you take the power away from it. You do. And that's, oh, the, oh gosh, now you've opened up a whole can of worms because, you know, it's so interesting is that when you're, for example, when you're worried, when you're angry, when you're blaming somebody, you're giving that situation all the power. And when you give all your power away to a situation, that situation gets worse, that relationship gets worse, all of those things. And you things. become a victim. And you become a victim to it, but you give your power away. And of course, that never, ever works. So in this particular, what I want to do in this particular podcast is to kind of share some tools that are that we've morphed ourselves, but we've also uh, taken from work with many others. And um, we want to share some of those those kind of tools that you can consider, a context, if you will, for how do you face adversity? How actually are you even dealing with the adversity that's you might be up against today, and can you improve on it? I think you can. I think we all can, always. I'm always looking at ways because it seems like... Well, think about it, too, from from a context standpoint. So we all heard of IQ. Growing up, what's your IQ? Or there's IQ, your high IQ, low IQ. Then there's the EQ. So the intellectual quotient, that's the IQ. The EQ is the emotional quotient. I think people are more familiar with that. Sort of in the HR world, they were starting to talk about EQ. But what I don't think is as well known, and I think Paul Stoltz just did a brilliant way of of defining it, is the AQ, the adversity quotient. So we have the intellectual quotient, the IQ, the EQ. And now I think in (laughs) 2020 and beyond, um, two and a half years later, People's adversity quotient is being tested. It is being tested. You know, and it's interesting that I had uh, interviewed Dr. Paul back in 2020, just after a couple of months into the pandemic lockdowns and stuff. And so everybody was looking to talk and chat. And anyways, I had Dr. Paul on the podcast and we covered a lot of ground. And, uh, you know, he goes back to a lot of the work that he and his wife are doing. And they're really into an understanding adversity, but they've gone far, far beyond that. Interesting story, but let's get to work on this. And when we look at how we face adversity, how we build resilience, we have to then kind of take the responsibility. And I love the word responsibility, which is responsibility. When you break the word down, I love breaking words down like that. It's always so interesting. And that one's a pretty common one, but maybe not for everybody. What is your responsibility? It is really a choice to how you're going to respond to any circumstance, any situation. People think responsibility is, oh, it's a big deal. I got to take responsibility. But it isn't. It's how you own your activity, your response to a situation. So that's well said. Response ability. So what is your responsibility to adversity? So some of the tools that we learned early on and that we took on, and we apply these, by the way, it's one of the reasons that, and a lot of this is now just second nature to us, that we're not even actually... We're not really conscious about it. We're what is the what is the the, the phrase? We're 
Competence. Uh, unconscious competence. <laughs> oh, yeah, thank you. good one. <laughs> yeah. Oopsies. I, I'm unconscious. Okay. Yeah, so are. let's take a look at a couple things. So when we look at uh, CORE, which was the, which is an acronym, but it really is uh, broken down into four segments that gives everybody a context, which is an intentional way of being or drawing attention to your responsibility. So most will talk about the upside but they'll fo- fo- focus primarily on the downside, which we, you know, is often disguised as risk mitigation. So what is your responsibility to whatever is happening? So when we look at core, we look and ask ourselves a question. What can we control? See. Sounds like, uh, sounds a little stoic, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Right? What can we control? What can we own? And I'm going to break these down. I'm going to bro- is control. O is ownership. Ownership, right? And reach. Yeah, that one still blows me away when I learned this one. Reach yeah. R. Yeah. Wait till we get to it. We're going to break these all down, folks, so that you really get it. Yeah, grab a pen and paper if you're not driving. This, yep. is, this is really cool. And if you haven't been on the on on the adversity journey uh, with Dr. Paul Stoltz or through Rain or even through Quantum Speed, we took 400 players through this, and yeah. it was unbelievable that the the learnings around adversity. Yep. E. Endurance. Endurance. This you're gonna love this, you guys. Okay, here we go. So the adversity corner. When we look at control, we have to consider what are the facets of a situation that we're in. What can we influence for ourselves or for others? And knowing that you can't control the source of adversity. So let's work through an example of that. We'll use this right now. Pandemic. Yeah, this ongoing pandemic. Ongoing pandemic. I mean, we're at the effect of it. We can't control the source of the adversity. All, right. But it creates adversity. Yeah. It creates tough business situations. We're at home. We've got kids. We can't go to school. We have to get boosters. We have to get shots. Whatever the situation is, it's created a lot of adversity for people. So what can you control? And now, it's layers. Let's just don't step over this. There's layers of adversity that different people are handling at different times. Like you and I, we can handle certain levels of adversity. But when it comes to saying, hey, if you don't do this, you can't travel. If you do this, you can't get together with your family. Like the things that were people were dealing with was like a tsunami. You're right. There is a lot of different layers in this. But what can you control? This goes back to the stoic way of being. And that is that all you can ultimately control is your reaction, is your response, your responsibility, your response. Love it. Ability. Okay. So then we go into ownership. We've talked about this one on the show many times. Own your need. That's kind of... But it's not only own your need, but ownership is quit blaming. Mm-hmm. You know, we can. it's easy for us to blame the adversity, blame the pandemic, blame the government, blame whatever, COVID, blame, 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 blame. Got it. And while you can't own the adversity because you don't have control over it, you can own how you respond. Once again, you're, you can own your responsibility. So how do we own it in a case of this? Well, where can we, we have to ask ourselves, where can we lean into the adversity to make the best of a situation and to make a difference. So in other words, this could be with your family. Where do you make it? You know, well, everybody's running around like chickens with their heads cut off. What are you doing? Can you lean into it, provide that leadership? Or just provide a a different conversation and not looking through, you know, rose colored glasses. Because what I'm finding, and I just want to, I don't want to take this off the rails, but Patrick, how many signs and people have said and made the excuse, well, due to COVID, I can't do this. Due to COVID, due to COVID, due to COVID. I'm like, that is such bullshit. It's due to decisions. It's not due to COVID. COVID's been around 100 years. Yeah. It's not due to COVID. 
it's due to the definition and how the response ability of the people around us. Now, sadly, here's what I'm seeing on the flip side is people that don't have awareness of adversity or the, the AQ that, that they can you know, tap into is that they actually enjoy the excuse. Well, I can't go to work due to COVID. So it's giving people an easy response. It. You're right about that. But here's the thing about it. The crowd that we're talking to isn't looking for excuses. Yeah, I know. But what about the people around them that are saying, yeah, but due to COVID, you can't come over. And, and then they have to go, okay, well, that's another what layer can you control? of control? Right. Right. But if, if our crowd, the people are listening to it, you know, we need to give them some tools to go, okay, well, if I can't now see my grandkids... That's, you know, and, and it's, that's a, that's an ownership and a control thing. But they can't control whatever their kids are saying that you can't see your grandkids. Cause we've, we've heard that story a number of times. All you can control is your reaction to it. The conversation that you have, cause right away people push back they start to blame They're Like there's a whole story around it, a whole drama around it. I'm going to keep going back and get grounded. We're not looking for excuses. We're looking for leadership and how do we respond? So what is our response ability? Let's stay focused on that. And in this case, I go back to ownership, which is where and how can we lean into and make the best out of this situation and how and make an immediate difference with the people around us. Okay. And sometimes that's going to take patience. Sometimes that's going to take more than one conversation. It's going to take different approaches. It's going to lean into it. Doesn't mean that you push hard against somebody. You know, there's the old, there's that saying, you know, when somebody pushes, you pull. When yeah. somebody pulls, you push. That's a martial arts thing. Okay. Let's keep going. Reach. So, this is such a good one, which is how or where are we letting that adversity bleed into some or all areas of our life? So, you know, one of the best examples and simple, simple example, which is you've all seen it. Somebody cuts you, you've all experienced it. Okay. Somebody cuts you off in traffic and you, whatever, you flip them the bird or you bitch, you know, snarl, whatever, right? It happens. Or maybe you don't. Maybe you're really zen-like and you go, okay, I'm sure he's just not from here. You know, so or they are just maybe not from not, here. From I know, that's town. what you do. That's not what you do. But <laughs> the point is this, is that here's where it is. We've all probably had some version of this experience. Somebody walks in the office. Jesus, blah, 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 blah. Somebody cut me off, asshole. You know, I just can't even believe that he'd do that or she'd do that. And just irresponsible driving, right? Well, that's part of reach. Okay. Now it's gone from the incident. From the car inside by yourself. Inside by yourself. Now it goes into the office. Maybe your teammates. Maybe your team. Now, now you've just shared this whole bitch session with your, your pals. And next thing you know, they're telling you all these things about <laughs> the shitty things that happened in there when they were driving. So there you go. So there's reach. Okay. So what is the adversity and how is it, you know, how does it reach those around you? And the part of that is of course, the psychology that is in that case, you get to be a victim and people will feel sorry for you and you get yeah, attention. And then you'd waste, waste all this time having this conversation about all the crappy drivers out there. And you've just wasted another 15, 20, 30 minutes of, of not just your time, but the people around you. And you brought the energy down. You didn't 
elevate the room. Right. Okay, so we're going to dig into it a little bit more on the reach side, because when we look at the seven areas of our life, you and I talk about that a lot. You know, we look at vocational, financial, familial, social, slash uh, relational, emotional, mental, spiritual. Okay, seven areas. So that reach can actually affect any one or all, depending on what's happening of the seven areas of your life. So a lot of what we do with adversity, we can look at what's it affecting, what area of my life is it affecting. Okay, we're going to keep going here. Is it, yeah, and just don't don't step over that because right now what's happening is that the adversity called COVID, if you're seeing it that way and, and things are being taken away from you, it is, or you're being forced to look at things differently, shift your perspective, uh, et cetera, is that it is happening for people in seven areas. Usually things that happen in adverse things, maybe if I'm working out or, or financially, it's happening in one, maybe two areas of life. Hmm. But what's happening right now, I think is really, it, it's been amplified. And I think that the pressure that I'm seeing the people that I work with are feeling is that they're feeling more adversity in more areas of life than they've ever had to handle before. So instead of handling adversity in one or two areas and focusing on what they can control, what they can own, you know, et cetera, there's six or seven areas of life that are being affected right now. And that's intense. It is challenging. There's no doubt about it. And I think that probably one of the biggest challenges that we, many of us face is that we look at the pandemic, we look at COVID. That's one part of it. Where the challenge for me comes in is that I don't necessarily agree with how things are being handled by our leaders, by our government. And, uh, you know, for me, that's the challenge. So, and I can go off on a rant, but that would be reach yeah, right totally. there. Okay, so we're not going to have reach today. We're just talking about reach. So then there's endurance. C-O-R-E, endurance. Yeah. Endurance, okay. So endurance is how do how long do we hang on to that incident, that adversity? And how do you help yourself or those around you, regardless of how the adversity plays out? How do you help somebody to kind of shift it to cut it off. So back to the car, you know, so the guy, you know, somebody walks in in the morning, they're at the water cooler or whatever they're at, they're having a coffee. Somebody's complaining about the guy that cut them off. And then everybody goes to their offices and now they're not there. And then, you know, later on in the afternoon, somebody goes, oh gosh, I got to go home probably have that same guy cut me off today. That's endurance. Yeah, okay. It just keeps going and going. Keeps going and going and going. It's like, okay, that was at 830 this morning. But you know what's Let so it cool? Go. I just got to is that many people don't know they can let it go, that it doesn't have to ruin their whole day. But because they get approval or acknowledged in the morning, for example, and that energy is very addictive, you get a big hit of cortisol when, or of um, not cortisol, let's say, byproduct of adrenaline. Uh, you get a big hit emotionally when you're complaining and getting support. This goes back to many conversations we've had, which is mindset. Are you a victim mindset or growth mindset? Victim mindsets will hang on to things all day. They will have a long endurance. As a matter of fact, they may it may come up again in two days. Or a year. You know, whatever. But the point is, is that's the endurance. And that's the victim mindset. But that's not where we're here. We're talking about how do we face adversity. Okay. Now, being cut off really isn't adversity. It was just an example of what reaches and what endurance is, right? And so these are things that we I want to bring to people's attention. And because at the end of it, what we want to do is consider how we're going to turn to face the adversity. So to what we said earlier, you can ignore it. You know, what are you pretending not to own or what to know? You can turn your back to it and kind of run the other way and 
choose not to deal with it, but how do you face that adversity and lead in and lean into it and then lead others perhaps, right? Yeah, that's this a, is this is a bit of a leadership development conversation oh, it's as well. Absolutely, a leadership development conversation because I, what I would you know want to shine a light on is that if this is a personal development tool, also a professional development tool. So C O R E, we have adversity happening every single day. Right now, it's amplified. Got it. But if we know that there is a tool, and I, I loved Paul Stoltz's uh, toolkit because he had a little card, a wallet card, mm-hmm. and it had core on it. And, and, and I would pull it out sometimes, and especially with athletes, et cetera, and, because everybody sees adversity differently. Some people can handle, like when, I, when I'm in an adverse situation or there's a lot of drama going on, I get really quiet, stoic. I step back. I, I don't panic the way that other people do. So I'm able to make decisions differently and help the people that maybe are panicking. So let's just slow down a bit and say, okay, ask yourself, what is your responsibility? Do you have the time and space or do you have the ability and the skill set to slow down and go, okay, what can I control? What of this do I own? What am I going to let this reach into? And how long am I going to let it endure? Sure. But that's, that's training. It is training. And I'll give this example that it was, we had an event, this was several years ago, and interestingly enough, at the event, uh, literally the day of the event, I got news that my sister had passed away. And that was, oh, I don't know, 45 minutes before I had to stand up in front of 150 people or 200 people for seven hours was my, I was on stage the whole day myself. And there was, it was only because of my training that I said, okay, what can I control? My sister had been ill. It wasn't sudden. We knew that she was going to pass. She passed that day. And in that moment, I went through it. I think I probably went through it in my mind, but the reality of it is, is that I had, I had the audience, the people who had paid to be there. I had my team and I literally had to say, okay, this can't bleed into what I'm doing today. And so I contextualize it. I park it. I put it over there. And then I be present to the day. And I didn't tell anybody. I told absolutely no one. There was somebody there who saw me get the call. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hon, I'm sorry. I love when you get emotional. Okay. So that was back then. The point is, is that, <laughs> so funny not okay so somebody saw you get somebody the call. saw me call and knew that i had something had happened because they know me really well but i just didn't bring it up so the point is this is that that was adversity training now it doesn't that you can see that you know this many years later when i talk about my sister i can get emotional about it but i'm saying in that moment i could have let it ruin the day i could have made it about my all of the that right but i realized that nothing that that wouldn't have changed anything. It wouldn't have brought my sister back. Everybody was handled. They all had their own stuff to deal with. You were supported. I was supported with my team there. I didn't need. To, I didn't tell them, and I didn't need to. I didn't want their focus to be anything but let's just look after what's in front of us right now. And so I went through the day. We had a kick-ass day. It was awesome, awesome. And I dealt with what I dealt with later. So the point of it is this, is that we look at some of the adversity that faces us. In this case, it was very emotional. It was something that was showing up. But just through training, 
I quickly collapsed what that was and went through and handled what had to get handled. Which is brilliant because when you think about it, how many times that does happen. And had you brought it up and there was team, I know the team that was there that day, I happened to be in Vegas at my girlfriend's uh, bridal what it's called, hen party or something. So I couldn't even be there to, to support you. But I also knew that had you shared that, there were two or three people on your team that 100%. would not have handled it well. They would have flipped into, you know, either caretaker mode or they would have taken it on like, oh my God, we Well, yeah, they this. would have flipped into, I got to look after Patrick. Patrick you know. <laughs> yeah, totally. But, no. but that, go back to the training and, and for some people that could show up as, oh my God, what, a, what an asshole. He doesn't even care. And, yeah, yeah, probably. Right? Yeah, Some, probably. So, so it, it provides an opportunity for when, if you look at your own life and the things that you've had, I mean, I've had, I've had to get on an airplane when my grandma died. The morning my grandma died, I got on an airplane to go speak at a rain event for two and a half days. Mm-hmm. And I remember the guilt that it, that I had going and, and knowing that I had to do it and I wanted to do it. And there were 750 people waiting, et cetera, et cetera. And my brother and mom and dad were furious with me. In their world, I should have stayed home. And I got that, but grandma and I had, we had an agreement. So as hard as it was, I needed to own the fact that I had a responsibility that I knew I was complete with my grandma. And when I got on the airplane and I was able to fold it in and I told the rain crew, I said, you know, this is what's going on. And I was able to do that. So we've had the similar experience. Now, bringing that full circle around to core is that when we have the ability to really slow down for a second and know that this is optional. You can, you can actually, you can, you know, freak out when something happens. You know, I've had athletes lose their, their dog died the day they were supposed to go to an event. So we don't know the level of what that is. And I think it's really important to invite our listeners into what do you do? Like how, what, what skills do you have currently? And does core, this type of acronym, give you some comfort, give you a tool? Well, we're going to dig into it even some more. Okay. So let's keep going here. So it is about training. So what are we what are we training with? First off, there's control. So what do we do when we are looking at what we control, what we can't? What do we, we have to assess. So we have to look and say what can we what can we control? What can we influence? I couldn't have influenced anything in my situation. You couldn't influence anything in your situation around your grandma. There was nothing to influence in that regard. So we park it. We get present to what we have to do, and we do that. We have to be looking in how do we define what are the specific facets of the challenge that we're facing, for example, and what can we influence, if anything, okay? And And, sometimes nothing. And sometimes it's nothing. What I could influence was how I was going to react to it. That was the biggest thing because nothing there that in that particular venue, with that particular audience, with that particular team, there was nothing there that I could have done any differently that would have changed the situation. Nothing. Full on stop, okay? And then if there is, and this, and that was just one example, but if there was something that you face the adversity, you define what are the top two, three, five things that you could influence. And then, then we need to list some specific actions that we can take to harness that particular challenge, right? What is one thing? So what we're doing in all of this, folks, is just breaking it down incrementally. Now, what's interesting about this is when you have these conversations with others of influence, I mean, you and I have gone toe-to-toe on certain situations where maybe one of us, one or the other of us, didn't face an adversity well, and it was like, you know, 
we had to grab each other by the scruff of the neck and say, you know, snap the hell out of snap it. Snap out of it. Snap out of it. But it's in that it's in that that you actually kind of give your head a shake and go, okay, could I have handled this better? Can you imagine if the two of us would go down the rabbit hole at the same time? No. Oh, yeah, yeah. It would not be good. No. Okay, ownership. The O and core. Assess and own your response to the event. We've already talked about that. Define and own your role in a solution. And then of creating the plan. That's owning it. So in other words, I'm not, the, I'm not at the effect of this freaking event, this whatever that might be, whatever this adversity is. I'm not going to let myself be at the effect of it. I'm going to actually turn around. I'm going to harness it. Okay. And so you then execute and own the actions that you're going to take to, and, and you're going to provide others direction in it. I love that because when you assess that and go, okay, what's my role in it? And how can I make a plan to lead people through it? Not denying it's happening, but, you know, create an environment where, you know, let's, let's, you know, get our heads out of asses people and, and move forward. The quicker you can get to that, the quicker the solutions show up. Well, you do. And, and well, depending on the scenario, you do get better and quicker and more efficient at it. So you're always going to assess, you're always going to define, you're always going to execute. So you're going to assess. So in, in reach, for example, same thing, you're going to assess what areas of your life is it impacting? Is it, you know, is it all areas of your life or is it just mentally, emotionally, spiritually, financially? What is it for you? And then define where you can minimize the downside and even try and maximize the upside of it, right? That's all part of it. And then you're going to execute on whatever strategy you come to. And so assess, define, execute, always part of what you're going to do. This takes some emotional intelligence too, right? So not just AQ, this takes some EQ as well. So I think the two of them are really hand in hand, because when you talk about emotional, spiritual, physical, there's things that, you know, what have we done to prepare for an adversity? How's, how are you in shape? You know, how's your finances? How are things? Because adversity, you know, if shit hasn't happened yet, just wait. Well, there's a thing about it that, will. right? Well, there is there is a part of that, right? Which is is that adversity becomes adversity if you're not prepared for it. And it becomes a bigger adversity. And the degree of which is, is it is an adversity really is based on how well prepared you are to begin with, you know, and that can really take the edge off. Big adversities become less edgy if you've got some preparation, you know, uh, around it. Well, that's the Girl Guides thing. I saw the Girl Guide cookies are out now. It's like, be prepared. Really? You know? Yeah, they're, they're out finally. The villain. No so kidding. Good. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so that, but that type of training can happen if you have kids, you know, what are you, what adversities and manufactured I used to with my clients I used to manufacture adversity if things were going too easy I used to find a way to to drop a bomb into the room that I could control so that I was always training all a little bit of adversity all the time because I knew something was always going to happen positive or negative on the way to the Olympic Games so think about this last Olympic Games in February in China in 2022 the adversity the athletes had to go through. Were they prepared? And absolutely they were. And part of my job was to manufacture, when there wasn't adversity, it was to manufacture things that could come up that they would have to then dig deep and figure out how to handle. So we can do that with children. We can do that with our clients. We can do that in our businesses, not in a way that's damaging, but in a way that starts to train the ability, the responsibility to adversity. Okay. Endurance. Now, this one is an interesting one because like so many situations, we don't necessarily have any control over how long things play out. I mean, I'm, you know, I'll say we, me, but are at the effect of something that went on in business, you know, a few years ago. And yet 
I'm at the effect of it. I, I own all parts of it, but the endurance of it, I have no control over. You know, it's like just when I think it's over, oh my gosh, it's still there. So we have to assess how to get through this. And how do I get through it? Well, I surround myself with great people. I watch mentally how I take it on, emotionally how I take it on or not take it on. And so we have to define how we're going to look after ourselves. What kind of courageous conversations am I having? And I've had to have many and I still have many to have. And those are really tough. And so what is the environment? I'm looking always at what's the environment I need to create in order to face the adversity to get through the adversity, especially one that, like in my case, is playing out over years, and always what decisions must be made at any given time. And that's the most difficult part, I think, for me anyways, because there's so many decisions that affect other people. And so that's adversity though, right? Our ability to go the distance, because it's not always, you know, the scenario of the guy bitching about the car or, you know, the cutoff a day later. Endurance is sometimes part of what's not at your control. It's like endurance of the, we'll, we'll go back to this whole situation around the pandemic. It's like, oh my gosh, I thought this was like back to normal in two weeks and then it was six months and then it was like after the second booster and then after the fifth booster and then, oh my gosh, it's no. So my point is, is that it's playing out a long time and we have to, in that length of time, we can't control the scenario and we can't actually control the endurance of it. All we can control is how we look after ourselves and the seven areas of our life. And I think it's really important to to bring up in the E, in the endurance side of it, is that part of being beat down or being thinking that there's this wave, oh my God, we got some relief, oh my God, we got to wear a mask, oh my God, there's some relief. So there's emotional roller coaster that most people are seem to be going on. What I would invite you to do right now is to see where you can find a neutral space. And that's the thing about endurance, the E, what I love is that I've been training, um, the, the book uh, by Trevor Moad is called Finding Neutral, I think it's called. It's his second book, it came out in January of 2022. And the first one was It Takes What It Takes. So when when you get that there is a, a way of finding neutral, you don't have to go on the high and the low. Because after a high, there's always a low. And after low, there's always a high. And the longer you let that play out, the more endurance, the more it stretches out. So we don't know when this pandemic stuff is going to end. I'm I'm thinking not. Probably 2030. I don't know. Who knows? But it's it's having the illusion and the fantasy that, oh, if I just ride this and then I can get a high and I'm going to get some relief and then crash. That's the part of endurance, Patrick, that I think that that we as human beings can control is that we don't go on the roller coaster ride. Yes, that's what, yeah, okay. I think, I think well, we're saying the th- same we thing. We are, but I'm trying to say it in a way that what I'm seeing right now is there's a lot of hope and sometimes false hope is bad in a way that, you know, we, 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 we put our guard down. So when you talk about taking care and taking responsibility, we can't be naive. We can't stick our head in the ground thinking that everything's going to be fine now, two and a half years in. We know better. We know better. And when you know better, you do better. So yes, the endurance is what we can't control. But when you bring it back to what you can control, you can also control that emotional high and low, right? That is so, and it can be so exhausting for people. And that's what I'm finding is the tiredness, the the weariness. Um, and that's, you know, looking after yourself physically and mentally, spiritually in this regard. Okay, good points, but we are going along here. So I'm going to speed us up. 
because we don't normally go this long. <laughs> okay, so listen, I want to wrap up with a few notes. You know, first off is our goal is to always be an intentional and purposeful leader. At least that's how you and I look at it, and I know many of our listeners do. We want to be able to innovate, inspire, engage, and... And it's a discovery. Like, we're learning every single day. We are. We want to be role models. So can we be calmer? Can we be more positive? Are we going to have a plan? Are we who we say we are when no one's looking? Are we going to tell the truth? Mm-hmm. That's it. And communicate openly to the best of our abilities or the best to know we how. Living your values. We've talked about that a hundred times. Live your values. Be your ethos. You know, use the time for personal and professional development. But we ran the shift program, which actually we will have kicked off by the time this is released. What do you need to shift? Or who do you need to become to withstand and prosper in this test? Oh, can I just make a point here. Okay, hurry up. Sorry. Oh my gosh. You know what's so powerful about understanding the adversity quotient and and C-O-R-E is that you get to your answers quicker and you can get to decisions quicker. So you're not in this enduring uh, exhaustion. And what I've found, the people that are really working on their ability to handle and man- and um, harness adversity, they're getting to decisions quicker. And then the quicker you get to decision, more information comes. So what I'm discovering right now is I'm being able to see and I always make jokes that I can see three to five years into the future, but it's because I'm managing, harnessing and embracing adversity as they come and not denying them. So the truth comes up, it presents itself to me. I take a look at it and I go, now I have a new choice to make. So right now we're planning on, you know, we're planning for the future. And because we're not stuck in the drama of what's happening on mainstream media, and we're not fighting about this and fighting about that and engaging in conversations that don't go anywhere. And that to me is also a benefit of understanding your adversity quotient. Understanding your adversity quotient, which also means that we always have to be evaluating ourselves and evaluating our strengths. And that's not necessarily easy to do. So then we have to actually engage somebody, a trusted friend, family member, significant other that can actually give us the feedback and that we don't take personally and that we also don't take as the truth. It's just their experience, but it may give us some information. And to that point is the defensiveness is if if you're understanding and you're on this journey of adversity and and embracing and harnessing and learning from adversity and building your resilience muscle is that you don't have to be right. So there's less defensiveness. And in this world of divisiveness, there can be less defensiveness because when, as I work through my stuff, I don't have to be right. I can actually open up and hear other people's opinions much harder. Because right now I'm seeing in social media or different medias, there's the left and the right and the right and the wrong. But working through this adversity conversation and understand that it's a quotient that that is that's, that's renewable and it's something that we can grow into is that hearing other people's opinions is not as offensive as it could be. Okay. We have gone really long, but I want to leave with a really fundamental basic I don't even know if it's a quote, that any crisis, any adversity is just training for the next one. True that. And so when we look at what's happening in our life, we understand one fundamental truth that they're not going to go away. There will be another one. So whatever adversity we're facing today, the minute we shift our perspective to realize that this is just training for the next one, it actually opens up to how we view it, the perspective we have, how we're looking at the crisis we're facing or the adversity we're facing, realizing that it'll just make us better for the next one and that whatever is coming our way, 
The universe is happening for us, not to us. And take it, shift it, look at it through a different set of filters, just training for the next one that's coming up because there will be. There will be. And so let's finish this. I'm going to ask you a question. What's your biggest learning in the last two and a half years around your own AQ? Around my own AQ. That I face adversity quite well. I'm always looking at how to improve it, but I do put a plan together. I do execute on the plan. And then I actually, you know, really keep testing, back testing my thesis around how I see it. So I'm pretty pragmatic in my approach to adversity. And I also make sure I surround myself with some people that challenge me, which they do. And yeah, I think that's it. I think that I, I'm pretty well equipped. I, I got to give myself kudos for facing it quite well. I don't know that if I give myself, am I successful at, at facing it? I don't know about that. But anyways, I yeah. take it on. Good answer. What? You want me to answer my own question? Sure. <laughs> um, I think some of the learnings is that for me, I I have to constantly work on my ability to respond, my core, my responsibility um, for some reason, when it's about other people, I am can get totally stoic and handle it, see the big picture, put a plan together. That, But when it's about me or me and you or me and our family, I don't respond as well as I thought. So that's a learning for me. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Good one. Okay. Well, thanks, folks. Hopefully this was helpful. And to look at your adversities in life and face them with a little different view of the world. So thanks, Stephanie. That was fun. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. If you found value in the podcast, please take the time to rate and review and share with others. Share with your friends. As it is my goal to always improve and to provide the highest value for you, the listener, if you have any comments, suggestions, or questions you'd like answered, please email me at ceo at raincanada.com. That's ceo at reincanada.com. I look forward to hearing from you. And until next time... Patrick out.